As the colors change to full, the shows just keep getting brighter on Global Voice Broadcasting. Shows about everything that matters to you. From love, living, and life. If you're talking about it, we're talking about it this fall. On Global Voice Broadcasting. Don't miss a second. (laughs) It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin. A spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, everyone. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and we are going to dive right in today as we have lots to cover with two fantastic guests. Later in the show, I will be chatting about sex tapes and sexy photos with our resident sex and relationships therapist, Dr. Megan Fleming. First, I am pleased to welcome lifestyle personality, model, and former reality TV star, Jasmine Waltz. I'm so excited to meet you. Thanks for joining me, Jasmine. Hello. How are you? Good afternoon. You have such a beautiful radio voice. Why, thank you. Just <laughs> kidding. That's a fake one. That's it's not a good real. one, though. You could tell you're an actress. That's uh, awesome. Hello. Hello. Now I'm a man. <laughs> and an effective yes. one. A sexy one. I like it. I like it. Uh, so you do so many things. Uh, but you started out, your your upbringing was a bit rocky, as I understand it. Yeah. Where were you born? I was born in Vegas. Okay. Yikes. I know, right? Everyone's like, Vegas? Yeah. People were born there? It's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, born in Vegas, um, grew up there, kind of on and off until I was like eight. Um, my dad ended up passing away, committed suicide then when I was eight. That's the rough part, I guess. Woke, you know, kind of went back and forth through family and stuff. Um, ended up in Miami, went to school for, um, went to the University of Performing Arts, decided that's what I wanted to do, came to L.A., Wow. Here I am. In a nutshell. Yeah. That was like the elevator <laughs> There's version. There's like a lot in between there, but yeah, I'm sure. I just took naps every like yeah. every day between that. I lived in Miami too before <laughs> LA. It's a it's an interesting place. It's a nice little gateway. Yeah, it is. It's kind of a cool stepping stone. I don't think people realize there's yeah. it's actually some artistic stuff you can do. Of course, but then it gets extremely boring and then you're like Hey, what are you doing? Yes. Is it nice out? Yeah, it's Miami. <laughs> Want to go to the beach? Yeah, what else is there? Like, I know. I gotta get the fuck out of here. It's so it's true. So it's boring. like living in a carnival or something. Yeah, it's, it's paradise. Boring. I mean, it's, ap- it's but it's like, it's good to go on vacation there, but I don't think it's realistic to live there. It's totally. a little much. Totally. <laughs> and how did you get involved in modeling? Is that something you always wanted to do? Not really. I was there, um, doing makeup. I started off doing, I went to makeup school and started doing like Snow White's makeup at Disney. And then I worked for a couple of photographers and they were like, why aren't you behind the camera? Like you should, I mean, you know what I mean? Like in front of the camera, actually, like you, so they started taking a couple of pictures and then, um, one of them knew an agent in Miami and then they kind of were like pushing me to do that. And I ended up with Irene Marie for like years and I know I Irene lo- Marie. Yeah. And I loved her and got so much work and then started doing commercials and things like that. And then from there, just sort of the casting directors like, why don't you try movies? You're re- like, you're really animated. You're this, that, like, and so. I just sort of, it all just sort of like rolled into, then I really just liked acting and like, a, you know, I liked being, not just standing, you know, obviously I just did print work and yeah. stuff. I'm not like a giant or anything, but yeah, that was always really boring for me. I was like, this is Do you so remember the first dumb. time you got to speak? I remember my first time I got to, because I'd been modeling for, for years and I went into an audition and I had one line. It was something really dorky, like, yum, beer or something. Yeah. And I did it so loudly and exuberantly that the casting director was like, 
are you a singer? And You're going like, to die when why? I tell I thought you. She was gonna, you know. My first audition that I had to do that wasn't just like a print ad or something that I had to it was Herbal Essence. <laughs> and I had to fucking sit there and go, oh, yeah. Like, you're terrified. That was your first audition? My first, like, commercial audition. <laughs> and I remember being in there and, like, hearing the girls through the door and, like, hearing these and being like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, I'm not doing this. I'm not. I was fucking petrified. But I was did like, it. what am I going to And I did it. I mean, I didn't get the job. But after that, I remember being like. Like, you just have this feeling of, like, wow. Like, after you overcome some, like, such a fear, and then you just, like, every every little step after that, like, became easier and easier. I was like, I just, like, right out the gate, I had, like, the hardest thing to do. And that's, that's just, like, so funny. you know, be, be a, like, a sexual woman. I don't know, at that point, like, I was, like, yeah. 17. I was, like, not down with that. I was like, this is so scary. What oh, my gosh. Do? I can't imagine a, oh a more intimidating yes. first one. So, so scary. Don't you ever wonder what they do with those tapes? It's like they have all these oh. tapes of women just orgasming. Somebody's got Somebody's them. Somebody's got them. Someone's, Someone's got with them, them in their spank bank. Yep, I think so. I yes, think they so. Do. <laughs> so do you prefer <laughs> acting to modeling still? Yeah, 100%. I mean, yeah. I guess I mean, modeling's fun. You get to... I, I do always like looking at like back at the photos and stuff because you know, sometimes you get to see you know what the perspective is of other people and it's all it's all art in a sense it's like it, you know you get to see cool shit but I mean it's not it's definitely not as rewarding it's not you don't get to really work on a craft you're not like oh let me work on that eye twitch or like well, you know it's like it's not as fun yeah. it's just not yeah. yeah it's expressive but it's not uh it's not as gratifying not yeah. if you have a like a creative soul you know yeah. you want to really express it's yourself not a whole lot of personality in there not really no. just that sort of mean one or the really happy campy one who's like doing the target ad exactly <laughs> <laughs> everyone she just did them perfectly <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing so uh, how did you end up uh getting involved with uh big brother I honestly don't even know. Oh, um, okay, well, I guess I do. Um, I had a girlfriend who was on the show, not even really a girlfriend. She had hit me up on, on Facebook and was like extremely aggressive. I think she was like a lesbian, but like absolutely mental. Um, and she was like, I'm going to be in LA and I'm meeting with the, with the producer. I just think that you'd be really good on the show. You know, I have, we have a lot of mutual friends and I, you're really funny. And my name had been in the press a little bit at that time. So I'm like had lunch with them. Uh, and her and I was just like okay that went well and they were like we really like you and then like four months later I got a phone call and they were like we want you on the show and I was like oh shit like what did I get myself this is weird and I I didn't care I mean I was like okay money cool I'm going on a show great I didn't watch any of the videos so I mean probably the stupidest thing I ever could have done because I think everyone else was so calculated and watched every single step you know, like because it's competitive, right? It's a contest. It's competitive. People are so worried about their image. They're, you know, it's very cut through. I mean, you know, they are. They're like, they know what the things to say to get the airtime, what to do to. And I just went in there, like, got shit faced and was like, well, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm in London. I don't, no one knows me here. It doesn't matter. Did you know you were going to London? Was that? Yeah, that was part. I mean, wow. that's the only place I think they do it. So. And you were in, is it a house? It's like a big stage, it's like a big set. And, and you live there. And you live in there and you're like in a bedroom with all these random people that you just don't know. And like Evander Holyfield was the other American and he was just the most vile human being and you would never expect that. When I walked in, I was so excited. I was like, yes, Evander Holyfield, like he's going to be so rad. 
And he was like, gay people can be changed. They're disgusting. I hit a horse in the face to punch him to see if I could knock him down. Animals don't have souls. And every time he'd walk in the room, everyone would just like scatter. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he was awful human being. Oh, that's so sad. Wow. How many weird. of you were in the it's whole... Like disappointing. You're oh, like, totally. Yeah. That's like a... You know, you higher expectations. You're like, yeah, of course. Of course. Kind of bummed, but... Yeah. How many people were in the whole cast to start? Oh, Jesus. Like, roughly. I want to say, like, 15, maybe? So you're living with, like, 15 strangers, all different, from all over the world. From all over the... Well, I mean, a lot of... I think Evander and I were the only Americans... You sometimes they pull in more, uh, but most of them were just all like you know random C list celebrity weird English people. Like some were on reality shows, some were like older stars that you know were either comedians or I mean, one was a um, like uh, an editor for like a huge newspaper. And just people kind of like all over the place, but huge personalities and egos. And I mean, you kind of put all these random That's people what they together, look for, right? of course. Yeah, it was definitely interesting. What was, was the hardest part it. about it, do you think? I just felt really lonely. I just didn't I didn't know anyone, you know, and you're so far away from home and you're like I don't know, you just feel like this sense of like you just have no idea what people are thinking. You have no idea how they're editing it. You don't know how you're being portrayed. You just don't know. So you're just sort of like lost in this weird, like, oh, I, it's not reality whatsoever. Isn't that funny? It's the reality, <laughs> reality show, it's like completely it's so bizarre. It's and they're really following weird. you every moment. You're, I mean, there's, you're in a set. So as you feel like you're in this room right now, you don't really technically see the cameras, but every mirror, every wall, everything around you is cameras. So wow. you, the lights are like blaring on you at all times, like every set. And it's funny, like, I had like a romance thing with this guy and another girl liked him. So it was like a love triangle. And everywhere I'd go on set, I'd run to one room and you could hear the cameraman on the other side of the wall be like, do, 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 like running after me. <laughs> we would just fuck with him because you bored like all day long. And it was so funny. You would just hear like, do, 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 like oh running, gosh. chasing you around the house. It's kind of That's funny. crazy. And how did the love triangle pan out? Oh boy, that was interesting. So. He ended up liking me. We ended up going to Thailand after that on a trip after the, we got off the show. Um, and he started drinking heavily whiskey and revealing to me that he had lost his virginity to his sister, that he had got, has a baby with a stripper, and he has had sex with men. So I kind of got the hell out of there. <laughs> Wow, all these things that he just didn't present to you. Like, like, you should not drink whiskey, period. Oh, so only when he was drunk, all of his secrets would come All out. of them. Oh, my gosh. Like, um, That's crazy. Go and what, what really sucked is that I was taking a selfie with a monkey in my water. My phone fell in the water. I was without a phone pretty much three. Like, after that, I stayed a little while longer by myself, like, without a phone the entire time. So you have no, no even distractions. Like, you're just stuck with someone. Like, you're like... This is not. So you went from being stuck with a bunch of strangers to, to be like, with this person you thought you knew who was. But it's just so weird what like what you think of someone and how they kind of come across, especially when they're on camera and they're really trying to change their image and they're trying to be this good guy. Yeah. And then you just see them kind of unravel, and you're just like, "What the? F-? Like, I have no faith in human mind like anymore. Like, I don't know. What How scary? So weird. Oh my gosh. How long were you in the on the set, living in the group? I was evicted after 13 days, but it, it was because I, f- I actually fell off a chair and herniated a disc in my back. And so they took me to the hospital, got me an MRI, and they told me I had to get off the show. So I got that night there was an eviction. I wasn't technically supposed to be evicted, but they had to 
get, you know. And that's what they call it. They evict people. They evicted me. But I wasn't technically really evicted by vote. I just had to go and, you know, they kept me there and then kept bringing me back on little by little just to stir shit up. Okay. Wow. Really weird. Are you, were you kind of relieved in a way other than being hurt? No, because the time that I was in London in the hotel, they put me up in a beautiful hotel. That was amazing. I had to wait another 15 days for the show to end. And so I'm sitting there and I only had like two friends in London. So that was even more lonely because then you're watching the show. You're like, you can't really go outside because now everyone knows who you are. There's like people waiting outside with cameras trying to like talk to you because it's such a big show in London. So I just felt even more isolated being out of the show. And I just wanted the people to come out so I could hang out with them because they're the only ones I knew. Oh my gosh. It was really weird. That's trippy. They kept you there. So everybody who gets evicted gets evicted into a hotel. Not always. Some people can go home. I know Evander went home, um, but he didn't even, uh, you have to come back for the eviction. I mean, okay. for the for the live um, for finale, whatever. So sure. you have to be there anyways. And they wanted to keep bringing me back in because now the guy and the girl, you know, kind of started flirting again and all this weird stuff. And so they wanted me to throw me back in there, just, you know, to just be just like, what the hell the is drama. going on? Did you guys kiss? Did you do this? And like, so stupid. But Yeah. They like feed you lines sometimes, I bet. And they don't really do that. They, um, they kind of let you do what you want to do. I think, but they will, they'll see a situation and then they'll lock those two people in a room for like a day or they'll, you know, make two people hang out together that are fighting and hate each other or like, oh, everybody who's ever had like, and everybody has a bad roommate situation is just like cringing. They really, really like manipulate. And I mean, they're really good at it. They're extremely good at it. They know what they're That's, doing. Oh, they want to break you. What and a they nightmare. do. Yeah, it's, that is amazing. So <laughs> if you were in this love triangle, could you have sex? And were you allowed to? Would they film you? I mean, you could. the only thing you could do is go in the bathroom. But the bathroom still had microphones. So the, there's no camera in the bathroom, but that's it. It's the only place, the camera, the, the bathroom and the shower. Okay. So we get to go in there and, like, kind of, like, make out and do, like, things. But you can't really have sex because it's, like... Even when you're sleeping, like, in the bed, like, there's still cameras right on you. And we eventually, like, started, like, cuddling and, like, you know, sleeping in the same bed together. But I think that, too, is you're just so, like, so extremely lonely. And you just want something to, like, someone to sort of be next to. Yeah. Because you're just like, what do I do? Is there anything to do other than argue? (laughs) I mean, did you have TV? No. No TV. No paper. No writing. No books. No anything. They, uh, They give you tasks to do so there'll be like games and things like that but it's a lot like okay so on twitter they're saying that you're an asshole and how do you feel about that and you're like <gasps> they just you know they really try to get in your head and try to make you feel like as shitty as possible to make you so emotional that you just fire off and like pop off on everyone you're so brave to do that although you said you didn't know I much didn't about know. it would I you still know. have done it if you knew what was involved do you think like going back if i would have to go back into the same situation i wouldn't do it again yeah interesting no way did you come out stronger? I came out 20 pounds lighter and sick and like, you know, like emotionally just like drained. Ugh. I mean, it was cool to have more money in my bank account, but that was about it. Man. And it was weird coming back here, you know, back to America because no one really knew what I had done because it's on Channel 5 in London. Nobody sees that, you know, unless it's your friends are like really tight, you know, but nobody really knew where I went or know what I did. So it was like, you had to sign lots of confidentiality yeah, tons. And all You that can't stuff. tell anyone where you're going. You just like, I just like just disappeared, fucked off to London and then came back like a month and a half later, like tan from Thailand and really skinny. And they're like, where the fuck are you 
Ben. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So what's like your dream acting job? What would you love to do? Oh God. Honestly, I think anything that is anything that's funny. I mean, I really like comedy. So, I mean, like some kind of like a sitcom or something like that, like my own sort of me and my character, something like that, that really sort of, you know, gets like the idea of it, of who you are, you know what I mean? But like your silliest. Have you done any kind of comedy improv stuff? Yeah, I've done stuff like that before. Um, But I don't know. I've been getting really lazy lately with the acting. I'm trying to do other things, but I mean, it'll always be there and it'll always be something that I want to do. Um, I just got really fucking annoyed and over the auditioning and everything. You just sort of, it's hard. 10 years here, you're just like, I'm over it. Like, it'll happen again, but you just need to be, have, like, you sort of need to be re inspired. Yeah, I feel like it's something you have to really, really love. Because when I was really passionate about it, I didn't care about driving to three auditions all over town, spending six hours in traffic and changing outfits three times and having to usually play the dippy blonde is usually what my character was and like all these things and then having to pay for your acting classes and, you know, all these Mm -hmm. things. It was all totally worth it when I was like, I love of course. This. I want to act. And then as soon as I started getting passionate about other things, yeah. for me, it was writing. I just, it became so grueling. And I just, yeah. for me, I couldn't, I know people who do mm-hmm. everything. They're like, oh, I have another passion and it. another passion. And I'm like, I can't, yeah. I'm so compulsive. I'm like, yeah. dive in. I'm like money driven. So if it's not bringing me money every day that I'm sort of like, well, I, I, this isn't doing anything for me. And as much as I still want to do it, I want the job and I want to be on set, but I do not want to go through the, you know what I mean? And I know that's very selfish and that's part of it. And I know that's what you're supposed to do, but you know, it's just sort of like, well, okay, well, if I'm going to spend my day doing this and it's actually going to be beneficial and I know it is, it's really hard to go and sort of waste your time, you know, waste your time, but like go and yeah. do so, especially when you know it potentially could be more beneficial in that sense. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Get older. But I mean, it's still like my biggest passion in the world, of course, is, is still acting. But I also like, you know, all of it, the whole part of it. Yeah. So are you still modeling too? I'll do like yeah. random side jobs when people ask me like, clothing lines of friends or whoever or you know whatever jobs sort of randomly come along but I don't really sort it out you know I'm not really I'm not really looking to do it LA is a good place for that where you can kind of like side gig it yeah you know it's not like New York where it's so cutthroat and right if you miss out you really miss out right. here it just seems like it can be and a lot of the agents I think know that <laughs> it's kind of just oh modeling to support my right. acting or, right, or right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. Um I asked uh, a lot of the girl boner fans on Facebook if they had questions for you. You like the term, right? <laughs> I trademarked it <laughs> before I started any of this because I love it so much. <laughs> Thank you. Lady I like lady boner. That's a good one too. Yeah. We need more words for females. Female pleasure boners. Yeah, there were <laughs> so many for uh, man's pleasure when I started. Uh, first, it was on a blog three years ago. There wasn't any for women. Not a single one. Not, what is there? There's there wasn't what anything. What is there? I mean, it was a slang Nothing. dictionary, but they didn't have any. It's not as cool as the word boner. Boner is like the coolest word in the world. It's a great word, right? Boner. I mean, nothing says boner. I'm excited like boner. Boner. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I asked um, if they had questions for you, and I have a whole like random smattering. Oh, shit. If you don't mind. And if you don't want to answer <laughs> one, just say, eh, and we'll just move on. I'll answer it. Okay. I'm great. Um, so, I say that now. <laughs> um, Gabe asked... This is not Gabe at the studio. This is Gabe on my girl on a I Facebook see you, Gabe. Page. 
<laughs> not to totally, totally embarrass him. No, he, this is not from him. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite sex position? Mm, I'd have to say doggy style. Nice. Even though that's not very intimate, I think it's just feels the best. It's a really good one for the G spot, <laughs> for sure. It just does. It's just like I don't know. Yeah, I I, like I'm it. with you. I like it too. Um, and what is your biggest turn on? Hmm, my biggest turn on. One of them. I mean, I like teeth. I like guys with nice you teeth like te- and nice hands. Hands are everything, the way they move them and the way they like, you know, you can even like watch a guy the way they drive and if they move their hands in like a weird gay way or something, you're just like total turn off. It's just, like, so you like they have a- to be like, I don't know. They have to know what, I don't know. It's just something about hands and teeth are always something I look at and you could have like messed up teeth, but there's got to be something sexy about the mouth in a weird way. I'm like a mouth and hands person. Interesting. And then I guess that's physical and the rest is just sort of humor. If you can make me laugh and you're funny and you're quick and you're like, then I'm obsessed with you yeah. no matter what. Awesome. Awesome. Are you single now? Are you dating people? I am newly single. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you so much. <laughs> that could be a really empowering place, don't you think, to be in that sort of like. Yeah. Well, I mean, we broke up like two week and a half ago and I have not spoken one word to him. It was like, that's it. Bye. Done. I've gotten a few phone calls. I have. I mean, I just and that is like the most like liberating, like. Like closure, closure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, he, I'm sure he doesn't have that closure, but I'm like, I had to put my foot down. Cause you had to end it. Had to. Yeah. It's yeah. a, we obviously get closure faster when it's, you know, our decision, but yeah. I've personally had like during breakups, after breakups, I feel like it's a really strong time to really, cause you know what it's you hard. Want, don't want. Yeah. You want to talk to that person and you want the answers and you want this and you want that, but there comes a time when you just have to know that you have to respect yourself like more. And if they do something, terribly wrong to fuck up you're like okay look like i can't i mean and it isn't even in this instance cheating and that's what i've dealt with usually you know that's usually like the 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 main thing that is like the no-no and this one is like drug use which is something i'm never like i've never dealt with that before and it's a hard thing to do because you're sort of like this is your problem you know what i mean this is your issue and it was like a hidden issue Mm -hmm. that kept arousing i was like okay well that's if i catch it again it's over and then you just sort of have to be like, okay, I have to put my foot down. This isn't someone you want to be with. This isn't something you want to be surround yourself with. So it's like, okay, you just had to be done. And then it's just, but that's such a weird kind of empowering feeling to be like, I'm the strong one. I have to walk away. That's huge. Cause a lot of people hang on because they separate the drug use from the person. Right. And which, I, I did for a while. Yeah. yeah Cause you so love, sweet. when you care, you want to help them, but sometimes you, the way to help them yeah. is to say, I'm not going to do almost that. every single thing else about him was amazing. It's mm. just that one thing, but that's sort of like, you have to help yourself. Yeah. And maybe, you know, the person that's the best thing is tough love and you walking away. Absolutely. And I'm hoping that'll be it. Yeah. I mean, just being really honest over here, but I guess that's. I'm sure I'm not the only one dealing with shit like this. You know, a lot of people are. Yeah. I I love that you shared that because I do think a lot of people deal with it and not very many people talk about it. So you can feel really isolated or people who are listening and thinking, I'm with someone who's who's using drugs. I don't want to be with them. You know, it's sometimes hearing it from the outside or from somebody else is really helpful. Especially when they have, I mean, this guy sort of somehow had his shit together, you know, like has a really good job, works every day. It's all of these things, but he has like this hidden, really crazy addiction and it's like, it's so manipulating and so crazy that you're like, how do you live? How do you function? Yeah. This is insane. And, but you can't, 
you know, like look at a future with someone like that because that, you know, the lying and the manipulation, I mean, all of it is, you see how intense it is. And yeah. addicts are fucking mental. It's a lot to it's deal illness. with. Yeah. I mean, it's it a lot to lives. take a burden. I mean, it's just, it's too much. Sure. It's too much. How did you find out? You said it was hidden. I found it. I mm-hmm. mean, I like literally picked up a jacket after days of lying and like there fell out like a pipe and mm. a lighter. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. This is real. And you reacted right away. Oh my, of course. I was like that. No, 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 no. I mean, it was always me like, you know, looking over my shoulder, like, I'm going to find it and I'm going to run over to his house really quick and see if I can catch him. And, you know, and, and then a lot of times when my instincts were on, they were so on. And if one thing I learned about myself through this is that I, my instincts are so insanely precise. It's almost scary. Like I can smell out exactly where it'll be. I mean, at one point I checked his sock and found it and I I just knew he walked by me and I grabbed him and like, like, it's power women instincts that you just know. Always listen to your gut, right? Ooh, but it's it's almost scary though. Cause it's like, how the fuck did I know that? Sixth sense, yeah. How did I know that? And you know, I'm looking at it this way is that I'm starting to think maybe I'm, I was just a vessel for him to get help. And you know, that short time we were together, it was, you know, maybe to a wake up call for him. And it's not really about me. Sure. You know, maybe it was there to help that person. So that's a really mature attitude. There's that I'm saying hoping. I'm, you know, relationships either for a season or a reason, mm-hmm. you know, that sometimes it's somebody or forever. For, I can't remember. Something this. I like that something one like too, though. Something like you stay together yeah. or something you don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Much more eloquent than that. It makes more sense. I liked it that but way. otherwise, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, of course. Oh, my goodness. Um, Kelly wants to know, and you actually mentioned that you have professional training, but she wants to know how you get your makeup pretty. She likes your Instagram. Oh, that's so, do you so have any sweet. Tips? Um, I think the, the most important thing for me is skin. Once my skin's good... I feel like everything else just sort of goes on. And I used to struggle with like acne when in my early twenties and my doctor gave me Aldactone. It was like the best drug in the world for me. I took it like once a day. My acne went away immediately. And after that, I mean, I realized like the makeup application, the lotion, because you want to dry your skin out. And I've always felt my skin was like horrible. Now that my skin is like better, I literally just feel like I could just have mascara on and like be rocky. Your skin is flawless. I wouldn't have guessed you had. I did. I mean, it just on my cheeks and stuff. And it was like, I mean, that was such a pivotal time when you're just starting out acting. And I I didn't want to leave the house. I was so like mortified. I was like, but I, once I felt like my skin was beautiful and hydrate, you've got to drink a lot of water. And I makeup other than that, I think, yeah, I went to makeup school. So, I mean, that does help a little bit. And you got to have some bomb eyebrows. You have good eyebrows and good skin and you're, you're fine. Yeah, you just the basic. I like that. <laughs> not need. high maintenance because no. nobody wants to spend all their time. I'm not going and highlighting and doing it. It's like I don't have time for all that. Yeah. I don't even – I put my hair in a pony. I'm like you. I'm Yeah. Throw some little eyeshadow on. Just Whatever. It's kind of for your yeah. face. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Do you eat a healthy diet too? Does that make a difference for you or is it mostly the hydration you think? No, I eat pretty good. I, I work out I'd say maybe between three and four times a week. And I do find that I drink most of my water while I'm working out. So, I mean, and I'm talking like a giant jug and that's got to help. Oh, yeah. Because it's I a mean, lot more than you're sweating out. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but I think working out, yeah. And I do eat. Eh, I'm not going to lie. I cheat a lot. I eat pizza. I eat, I'm not like one of these people that doesn't eat food. Being too restrictive is bad for your yeah. skin. But I, I actually, I mean, I do work out, definitely work out a lot. But I, I kind of eat like a pig. Like I eat more than most guys. I know. Probably the high metabolism, but then I also the exercise. A lot. And, yeah. yeah. 
That's and I cool. think you're not, you're not, if you're not always so conscious, like you just eat your food, like some of the people like are kind of freaks about it. And you notice you're like, okay, you're, you're not in order, but you're also so it's, I feel like that's all they're thinking about. Yeah. And it's to me, it's not, it's I'm like, just sort of like, eh, I'm going to eat yeah. this. I'll eat this. I'm hungry. And I, I have a, a good, like sort of motto that works really well is that I try, I mean, I try to not always, if I'm hungover, this is a wrap because nothing works when I'm hungover, but I try to just eat to fuel your body. You know what I mean? Just like whatever fuel you need, like whether it's vegetables or protein or whatever you're feeling, like just look at that food as like you're fueling your body and you're not going to fuel your body with like chips and, you know, shit. It's just, you, I mean, your body is your like, you know, you want to give it that nutrients and make it. And I mean, then it shows through. Yeah. And listening to your body, like you said, when you think of it as fuel, I think, and when we aren't restricting, I used to restrict a lot and it just made me obsessed with wanting to eat more. You know, right, you lose that course. connection. So if you go to sleep thinking like, what the fuck am I going to eat for breakfast? What yeah. I'm dreaming about brownies myself. and yeah. stuff. And then instead of eating one, no I would good. eat a pan. So yeah. it doesn't really help. So it's, no it's that good. moderation and, mm-hmm. you know, the body takes care of itself. It's pretty, I think so. pretty brilliant. Yeah. I know when I need veggies. That's one thing. Like my body will be like, I need greens. I need greens. And then like my, I, I need it. And it's so weird. People are like, you're so strange. Like, but I'm like, I know my, I know my body needs, like, I've, I'll kind of go through like, well, what I ate that day. And I'm like, I'm missing something and yeah. I can feel it in my energy levels. And like, no, I need fruit or I need this. Yeah. The body really does tell you. Well, I think of course. so. And if you're in touch with the instincts that Listen tell you. Listen to things. your body boner. <laughs> body boner. Listen like to your one. belly boner. <laughs> Would that be funny if your belly, when it was hungry, just got a big boner? Mommy, feed me. <laughs> I think that's what dicks do. <laughs> Daddy, feed me. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Oh, oh my Lord. goodness. What's your idea of a dream date? A dream date. I mean, I think that varies between your in a relationship dream date or a new date. Okay. So let's give me a new date. A new date. I'm terrified of new dates. Okay. Uh, you just have to get me really drunk so that I feel comfortable. No, I would say like probably like a nice dinner, drinks, get to know. I mean, you know, something. So you can talk and. Somewhat casual, nothing too. Like, I don't want to meet your parents the first day. That would be weird. Something creepy. Like, just be super normal. And I don't want to come to your house. I want to be in public. I want to be a little bit spoiled. I want to see that you can be a gentleman. I want to, you know, like the little things. Sure. I definitely don't want it to be like, hey, you want to watch a movie? Like, no. Yeah. No, that's not a good first date. No, it's not. No. It's really not. Everyone no. listening, do not do that on do your not. first date. <laughs> uh, what about someone you, you're really comfortable with already? Um, then I think probably like my favorite TV shows and just order in food. Nice. If that's a date, is that a date? It's totally fun. I love that date. I'm I don't just, know if it is, but like, that's when you can be home too. and it's just like you have that moment to just chill. And I love TV. I watched, I'm such a TV junkie. I like have so many shows that I'm obsessed with. What are you into now? Um, God, everything. I mean, American Horror Story, I love. I've loved Homeland, so I watched that forever. Oh, so good. It's so, so good. Um, did you watch Orphan Black? No. <gasps> What's that? You need to go home and binge on it. I it hate, is. Why don't you? Uh, and now I have Netflix so too, so I can like, I've watched everything on Netflix that you can possibly watch. I saw Narcos and. I saw, I mean, Orange is the Blue. I've watched all of those. I watched the entire show of uh, Sons of Anarchy not too long ago. And what's funny is I can't connect it. I have it, my friend's password on my phone. So all the like, big screens in my house, there's like three of them. 
I'm sitting here on my phone watching the entire thing, like propped up on my pillow, just like watching Sunset every day. That's passion. <laughs> They're like, what are you doing? Go buy a freaking cord for a hundred dollars and stick it in. I'm like, no, no, no. It's good. It's good. It's good. I got to watch this. Like, that is so funny. Oh but yeah. Total TV junkie. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. What are your tattoos? I, you have several I can see, but yeah, do they have everywhere. special meaning? Can you tell us about one of them? Um, I mean, I have these butterflies here on my forearm and that one was for my, my mother and I and my father. Um, this one's really cool. I got this on a fortune cookie and it says it only gets better when you get better. And I, I got like that, that in a fortune cookie and I was like, I like the way that says it because it's like such a simple way of such a like giant philosophy of life. You know, yeah. it's like, and I was, I just resonated. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I love that. I have balance tattooed on my forearm. Um, and then like a thing praying. It said, I've ruled by the moon here. I have my cat here. <laughs> oh, is that the cat you have now? <laughs> yeah, that's Bullet. Oh, and I'm bullet obsessed <laughs> with him. Um, what's funny is I've ruled by the moon and balance. And then I found out that I was born on a solar eclipse. So this is a little tight, but I have an entire, like, solar eclipse on my bicep. But it's me kissing the moon with, and then, like, the sun in the... There's a oh, there's it. a sun back there, but my shirt's too tight. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's all kinds of weird... I feel like that artistic... Whimsical. People who can do makeup yeah. are good at... Like, I could never choose a tattoo because I'm bad at choosing my own clothes. Yeah. Like, I'm just not the person who knows what I, goes well on you me. You know what's really weird about my tattoos, every one of them, is... I, every one of them, this has happened, I get the idea in my head... It'll like come to me. Like I remember I was at work one time and I was like, the balance, the word just kept c- coming in my head over and over. And then I found out that my rising sign's a Libra, which made perfect sense, but it's always been something that I was like struggling with or I really needed to focus on balance in my life of, of all kinds. And I was like, I just kept looking at my arm and I was like, I'm getting balance right here. And then I just knew like I have to get that. And like with all of them, I was like, it would come in my head and then it would just, it wouldn't be able to, it wouldn't just come and go. It was something that just sat there. And I was like, oh, God, let's get another fucking tattoo. Just like, I know. <laughs> You're like really you just, intuitive, though. Like, I knew it. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Well, what's crazy is I've ruled by the moon in balance and then found out I'm a Leo. My Leo rising, you know, I mean, is is Libra, which is balance. And then ruled by the moon, I'm also ruled by the moon and the sun because I'm born on a solar eclipse. Oh, so that's crazy. the two things right on my wrist, like... That are so, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the two places you things were like completely right. Wow. That's awesome. And you get to see them all the time. Mm-hmm. I like, guess oh, I am psychic. I think you are. I know these boys have boners. <laughs> what else are you seeing out there besides their boners at your sex? I think voice? a lot. I think that I'm starting to see a lot more. Yeah. The it's more you embrace it, don't you think? A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm starting to see weird things. They're all coming to me. And I'm like, oh no. I can even see other people like things in their lives. And like, no. Is this going on in your life? And they're like, how did you know that? I'm like, I don't know. It's really creepy. Wow. It's all happening. It's all happening. Wow. Let me Are t- you sensing let me anything you. right now? <laughs> I feel like something's going on in here. I can feel it. <laughs> I'm telling you, I just, things are rising. <laughs> I love it. I'm just kidding. There's like two guys in the room that are completely red at this point. That's red and yeah, yeah, red, red. Yeah, we've been decking the halls in here. <laughs> Sweet chat. You're welcome. I love it. Thank you so much. Uh, it goes too fast is the only thing. Tell us where we can find you on social media. Yes, of course. Um, I have my Instagram, which is 
Jasmine Waltz, J-A-S-M-I-N-E, W-A-L-T-Z. My Snapchat is quite entertaining. That's Jazzy Waltz, J-A-Z-Z-Y Waltz, uh, W-A-L-T-Z. And uh, my Twitter is also Jazzy Waltz, at Jazzy Waltz. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, please keep us posted if we can help you. Will do. Boner. Boners. That was so much fun. Now for a bit of Q&A with our resident sex and relationship expert, Dr. Megan Fleming. Uh, The digital age has brought so many ways to connect, you know, sensually with a partner. What makes creating sex tapes or, you know, taking sexy photos to send back and forth so appealing for many women and couples? Well, I think that for, as you just sort of said, you know, there are many opportunities where somebody might be traveling for work or uh, it could also be sort of the teasing, you know, I can't wait to see you tonight and it might be, you know, a flash of your cleavage. Um, so I think a lot of opportunities sort of for couples to sort of flirt and stay connected with um, sexual images or uh, sex tape. Right. Yeah. And a, a photo or a video, they, they say a lot of words as they say, a, a photo speaks, speaks a lot. So it's, it's a quick thing and there's something very enticing about it. And it's interesting because, you know, I've heard some people say things about, actually just recently I heard someone say that they couldn't believe another Hollywood, um, actress had, was so surprised that her sex tape got out or her, you know, her sexual photos and, and things like that saying, you know, how can they be that quote dumb to, to do that? And I just think it's, it's such a, it's not a fair thing to, you know, to, to judge somebody or shame somebody for expressing themselves that way. And at the same time, I know that there are some things we could do to perhaps um, protect ourselves. Do you feel like there's a benefit to um, connecting in these kinds of ways? Well, I think it really depends on uh, the couple in particular because, you know, when it comes to videos, you know, a lot of women can be um, very self-critical about their bodies so, you know, it's really about thinking about lights, camera, angles. And I think from the privacy perspective, it's like, you know, whether it's sort of a, a sexy sort of a mask or um, recognizing that you don't have to photograph your face. I, I think it's an important both and to realize, do you yourself find it sexy? Is it a turn on? Do you like your own tapes better than maybe watching porn together? And at the same time, you know, there are issues of trust that in this moment it might be, you might even be married to this person as like J-Lo, you know, and you don't necessarily know what's going to happen uh, when and if the two of you get divorced. So I think uh, having sort of a plan in place and even a discussion about what happens to those tapes when if you break up, password protection, things like that, or potentially filming in such a way that you don't feel as exposed are all important things to consider. Sure. And I imagine there are ways to, for example, you could have an agreement to delete them after or to, I don't know, do you think like a, a signed agreement is necessary in some cases? Or do you think it's just a verbal agreement? Like this is what we're going to do to stay safe? Well, I think, you know, for most people, you know, it, it's just a verbal and again, even the sense of it's consensual that we're doing um, videotaping. Uh, but I would think that if you're in politics or in the media or a celebrity, you know, you might want to go that extra step and make it a formal agreement um, because you don't really want to potentially be, you know, there's tons of court cases and battles that happen long after the fact. Um you know, it's not, you're not protecting yourself from the person that you're with now. It's, you know, who they may become when if the relationship doesn't work out. 
Sure. Yeah, totally. No, that makes a lot of sense for sure. Uh, and what if one person is, is into expressing themselves this way and the other person feels uncomfortable about it? That was actually a question that came in some months ago, uh, it was a woman who was saying that she loved to send these um, sexy photos to her boyfriend by text, and he was really nervous about privacy issues and didn't think they should do it, but she felt like it was a really wonderful way to to express themselves together. How do you find a sort of compromise? Well, I mean, I think in that case in particular, it's, it's like... It's, it clearly she's finding it sexy, and she's having enhanced relationship, and I'm not sure if he's not even comfortable receiving them or giving them because of the, the safety and security. But I think it's to recognize if ultimately what you're doing turns your partner off, um, that that's something that you both have to sort of negotiate. Like what, what's the line or the balance that could work for both of you? Or again, what are ways that things could be um, like Snapchat, you know, that goes away or, you know, ways of, um, you know, it's iMovie and it's locked down on your computer. I think, helping your partner feel that you're taking um, any discomfort that he has or she has about it into consideration and finding a way, sort of a middle path, a ground that can work for both of you is something to work toward. Beautiful. Yeah, great advice there. And let's say that you've made a sex tape and it's leaked, you know, either as, quote, revenge porn or uh, somebody else gets a hold of it. Somehow it goes out online. Um, how can somebody who's perhaps in that situation heal from that? Cause I imagine there's a lot of mixed emotions that happen. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the biggest piece that comes up is the betrayal and that broken sense of trust because something that you did with, um, uh, vulnerability and a sense of, you know, it, it was really meant for your eyes only. Um, now it's out there and, you know, I think part of it is that understandably you, you might have a lot of feelings about it um, and mixed feelings about it. And it's to be able to honor and know and name those feelings. Um, and I think it's to recognize, you know, sort of in this day and age, you know, sex tapes and things that show up on porn, you know, it's always on to the next one, I think, for the average um, sort of consumer or somebody who's interested. So to recognize it may feel really bad in this moment, but it's not going to stay top of mind for most people and just sort of roll that camera forward and realize that this is going to pass and then make precautions that you don't end up in the situation again. Right. Yes, absolutely. So again, what are besides the agreement, are there any other precautions that you would recommend? Well, like I said, I think that if you're really concerned um, about safety or exposure that, you know, like I said, you it could be sexy to have like a cat mask or somehow where your face isn't or it's the back of you or it's more focused on genitals. Um, but I think there's a lot of ways of filming that doesn't have to be personally identifying, but that could also be incredibly sexy. And, and I didn't have time to really research it, but I think it's just to appreciate that in today's day and age, a lot of people share content on their mobile devices and sometimes even with strangers. So um, especially for younger people out there, it's to recognize, um, you know, it, it, it's a fine line between that which is a real turn on and how it fits into your life and the recognition. Are you from the outset comfortable that this could end up uh, being shared with a stranger or uh, on the internet? Because if ultimately that would feel like uh, you couldn't tolerate that idea, then, you know, you might want to explore other ways to enhance your erotic life that don't include videotapes. 
Uh, I love that. It reminds me of, I remember when Oprah said something about if you, before she sends an email, she just asks herself, what if this ha- happened to land in the New York Times? Would she still send it? <laughs> and, you know, obviously she needs really heightened precautions, but uh, that's a really great thing to think in advance. I like that a lot. That's a great tip. Absolutely. And I think it's important to realize, like, listen, this may be really hot for your partner. Or you might think it's a fun way to tease, but there are actually apps out there with like emojis and different ways of being more playful, flirty. Um, and, you know, when it comes to sexuality, there are just so many tools in the toolbox. You know, if this one's really making you uncomfortable, think about other ones. Thanks so much, Dr. Megan. I always enjoy chatting with you, and don't you all love her insight? For more of it, visit her website, greatlifegreatsex.com, and follow her on Twitter, at Megan Fleming, Ph.D., One more thought to leave you all with, if sex weren't so taboo, and especially if women weren't shamed so much or had so much shame around sexuality, would revenge porn even be a thing? You know, would we care about sex tapes or, you know, somebody found a photo or something? I don't think so. Uh, You know, that might be a subject for another episode. Uh, If you're digging what we do here on Girl Boner Radio, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes so you will never miss a beat. To get some awesome sex toys, lube, and all kinds of cool stuff to spice up your bedroom. Um, you can also support Girl Boner at the same time by clicking the Good Vibrations ad on my website. That's augustmclaughlin.com and shop away. While you're there, find more Girl Boner fun by visiting my blog and social media links. Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week. <laughs>